0: I N as in Nancy, G E R.
1: The stories of Bigfoot have been told all throughout the world and predate written history. There are rumors about seven foot tall, hairy men haunting the forests in North America, mainly in the Northwest, occasionally frightening campers, lumberjacks, hikers, and other outdoor enthusiasts. Although the term Bigfoot is typically associated with the mountainous western region of North America, Bigfoot is recognized by many different names in many different civilizations. The Salish Sasquatch gave rise to the term Sasquatch, while the Algonquin of the continent's north central region called it a Witico, or Wendigo. Other cultures have legends about a big creature that resembles a man but has unique abilities and traits. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing Bellingham, Washington, the place of the most reported Bigfoot sightings in the U.S. With approximately 676 sightings on record, so if you're into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination, but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an eerie cast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room, featuring allegedly true and terrifying stories that happened on the job. It was six o'clock in the evening on Sunday. Jude Carlson and his wife were finishing up packing their car. The next morning they were due to head north on vacation. They were both tired from making preparations from the previous days, and Jude had just about had enough. Patricia had wanted to fly, but he had insisted on driving. They could see more scenic beauty and bring more of their own stuff for much cheaper. Though he was starting to mildly regret the decision, the thought of driving 20 hours after the last few days of chaos seemed a little overwhelming. It was too late to change now. Jude would just have to suck it up and make it happen. Just as he yawned and stretched his back, thinking he was done, Patricia stopped and reminded him he needed to rinse out the ice chest and pack it into the SUV. Jude sighed and she kissed him on the cheek, saying, Sometimes letting you have your way is punishment enough. They both laughed and he went back to work. That night the couple were restless. They had to be up at 4.30 a.m. and on the road no later than 5.30 a.m. Knowing this, they understood the sacrifice the late night conversation would create. It was the first trip they would be taking by themselves in years. When they had first gotten married, They didn't have the money to go on extravagant trips then later they had a daughter who had always gone with them on vacation now she had moved out nine months earlier and they were very financially comfortable jude and patricia had remembered about 10 years before when some of their neighbors had gone to a place called bellingham washington the pictures they had brought back were beautiful and the climate had sounded like a dream compared to Sedona, Arizona, which had been their home for most of their lives. So they were very excited to finally be able to start this new chapter with the trip that they had dreamed of. Lying awake talking about the past and the future to come kept them up most of the night. It felt like he had just dozed off when the alarm went off, jarring Jude from his sleep. A shower and a quick cup of coffee later, they were off. The traffic wasn't too bad, as it was still early and Jude was happy for the fact. They were making good time. The first six to eight hours seemed pretty routine. Slowly after that, the geography was changing more and more. That in itself was keeping him and his wife entertained. They even drove a couple of more hours than they intended. Eventually, the lack of sleep and several hours of driving caught up to them and they decided to stop for the night. This time Jude knew he would have no problems falling to sleep. He almost mentioned it to Patricia, though as he laid down he could see she had already passed out. The following morning the couple slept in a bit. Knowing they were a few hours ahead of schedule made it much easier to relax. They finally got back on the road and the drive was gorgeous. The forest in Oregon and Washington almost took Jude's breath away. They even stopped to get a good look at Mount Rainier. It was at that point that Patricia told Jude even she was glad they had drove. He was glad she had said it because he was feeling the same. It felt very surreal to actually be standing there with her. The pictures couldn't do any of it justice. They got back in the car and drove what felt like several more hours. Just before dark, they were pulling up a winding path. It seemed like it was in the middle of nowhere, and Jude was beginning to question the accuracy of the GPS. Then just before he was about to stop and check it, in the distance, they could see the outline of a cabin. Jude sighed and looked at his wife while saying, That's got to be it. Looks like we are finally here. He grabbed her hand and she smiled back at him. Once they were out of the car and walking around, they realized it wasn't quite as nice on the outside as the pictures had shown. Early on in the planning they had decided on this spot because it had been a little cheaper and more off to itself. Some of the other cabins had been a lot nicer, but nicer came with a price tag they just didn't feel comfortable with. So Patricia suggested they go get a look at the inside before getting discouraged. There was a note on the front door welcoming them and letting them know to make themselves at home. As they walked through the front door and turned the lights on, they were elated to find that it was actually quite cozy. Overall, it had an older rustic feel, but they really enjoyed it. The view from the back balcony was beautiful, and everything was very clean. To them, it felt like a great place to relax and enjoy peace and quiet after days spent touring the town around them. A little did they know this would be far from the truth. Patricia had gone inside a store on the trip and loaded the ice chest with a few things. She had expected they wouldn't want to go out on the first night, and she had been right. Jude quickly fired up the grill on the back deck, preparing steaks and the couple drank a few beers, while discussing what they would do the first thing the following morning. They had decided on checking out the bay and maybe getting on a boat as they had nothing like that back home to enjoy then if they could fit it in maybe try a hiking trail around the cabin most of why they wanted to be here to begin with was the outdoors and they planned on doing exactly that they began looking up the best places to rent a boat and best hiking trails with the most scenery The beers Jude had drunk had begun to kick in and he was starting to get very tired. He told Patricia he was off to try out the shower and see if it was any good. She decided to stay on the deck and enjoy the perfect temperature just a little bit longer. As she sat there looking up everything she could about the area, a strange feeling came over her. She felt like she wasn't alone or maybe more like someone was watching her. It was the kind of feeling where the hair on the back of her neck and arms were tingling, like being a child and irrationally afraid for no reason. Patricia stood up and began picking up the empty beer cans, trying to hurry so she could get inside. As she quickly turned for the back door, she could have sworn she had seen a set of orange-colored eyes in the tree line. She blinked and scanned the woods to see if it was real, or something she had just thought she had seen. There was no visible proof, though the uneasy feeling persisted. She started walking quickly for the door, and just as her hand gripped the knob, she heard a very strange, deep-sounding noise. Like some kind of animal was taking a deep breath, or worse, sniffing the air.
0: With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: Northwest Washington is home to the seaside city of Bellingham. It is literally in the northwest corner of the United States, an hour and a half north of Seattle, and 45 minutes south of Vancouver, Canada. Locals refer to Bellingham as the city of subdued excitement. Bellingham is the 19th largest city in Washington. Bellingham is known for its rivers, lakes, and interurban pathways. The city has earned labels like the Outdoorsman's Paradise by frequently appearing on national best-ofs Lists for outdoor activities. Bellingham is the ideal location if you desire a cozy home base for exploring the outdoors. Bellingham is best visited in the spring and fall when temperatures are about right for outdoor activities without being oppressively hot. Boating in the bay is something you can enjoy if you go during the summer. There are many locations along the North Lake Whatcom Trail where you can cool yourself in the lake. Making it a fantastic choice on hot days. But outdoor activities are not the only thing Bellingham is famous for. It is also one of the places in the United States with the most Bigfoot sightings. For more than 50 years, the tale of the Sasquatch has captivated residents of Washington. Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot, the Yeti, the Mountain Monster, and many other names that are particular to distinct geographic regions, is frequently characterized as a gigantic hairy ape. The mysterious hairy beast has names from several indigenous cultures, including the Salish moniker, Sashevis, which means Wild man of the Woods. The search to see Bigfoot has given rise to several products, including podcasts, guided tours, and TV series. Especially in the Pacific Northwest, there have been numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings. If you are on the hunt for Bigfoot, Bellingham is the place to be. The Lummi Indian Reservation spotted over 100 Sasquatch sightings in the 1970s. The Lummi Indian Reservation is located in western Whatcom County, in the northwest inland corner of Washington, 8 miles west of Bellingham, and 20 miles south of the Canadian border. On the evening of October 23, 1975, 78-year-old Emma Smith's home was visited by Lummi Police Sergeant Ken Cooper after the Lummi Nation Indian Reservation who had received numerous claims of Sasquatch sightings. She claimed that a Bigfoot had tried to break into her house and that she had run away in panic. Sergeant Cooper discovered a storm door with ripped plastic and a fractured wooden frame. He was unable to locate either the beast or anyone despite the fact that the adjoining smokehouse boards had also been torn. Around 2.30 a.m. he arrived at the house and shone his patrol car's floodlight into the woods. He discovered a group of seven individuals who had already arrived and were focusing their individual spotlights on a massive seven-and-a-half-foot-tall hairy creature, a Bigfoot. With his 12-gauge shotgun, Sergeant Cooper targeted the animal. He exclaimed, If there's anyone just messing about, you better knock it off because we have firearms, fearing that it might be a human in a costume. The monster simply sank into a crouch. The monster then lowered himself even further, as Sergeant Cooper moved closer until only his head was visible above the undergrowth. Sergeant Cooper and the others stared at the crouching hairy creature for twenty minutes before hearing noises to their right in the underbrush and hearing reports of more Bigfoots there. Cooper made the decision to depart the area at that point. After morning, he went back to the scene and saw bare foot tracks on the frost-covered ground. The footprints were measured by him. They measured 7 inches wide by 18 inches long. Another sighting was reported in 2018 by father and son who claimed to have seen a family of Bigfoots 17 miles northeast of Bellingham, near Sumas Mountain. The son said that it was the second weekend in September. His father and he went for a drive up Sumas Mountain like they did many times before when they decided to stop at a clear cut overlooking the valley. It was about 9 p.m. in the evening and he said they were scanning the clear cut with their flashlights when they first saw the eye shine in the distance. Approximately 150 to 200 yards away, they saw three pairs of eyes and at different heights thinking at first they were seeing a mother bear and cubs but after shining their flashlights in their direction the larger creature charged up the hill along the tree line grunting and hollering then stopped and waited for the other two that is when he said they got their flashlights on it and it was large and brown then he claimed the larger one turned into the woods heading towards them breaking down branches and saplings and then it just stopped and everything went silent. He said as he and his dad sat there, the other two sat on the edge of the tree line just watching them. They walked around for a bit, but every time they made noise, they would stop what they were doing and just watch them. He described the eye shine as an orange-like glow. It also seemed to him as if one of them was small, because you would see its head pop up behind stumps and logs. This went on for three hours. At about midnight, they witnessed the larger creature coming out of the tree line. They got their flashlights out again. That is when he and his dad saw the creature step over a log and proceed to walk downhill on two legs, and the other two followed. He claimed to have yelled at it, and he could see it turn back around and look at them. And he could see the head bob just like when someone was walking downhill. Sasquatch is a big part of Bellingham, so much so that Whatcom County is referred to as the Sasquatch Protection and Refuge Area for three decades. Another area to look out for Bigfoot in Bellingham is the Oyster Dome trail off of Chuckanut Drive. The well-known hike is long and ends at a spectacular lookout that offers a bird's-eye view of the extensive forests in which Bigfoot could be camouflaged. Mount Rainier is another great place for a chance to spot Bigfoot. This ice volcano rises more than 14,000 feet to its summit. Sasquatch can hide out in 200,000 acres of deep forest that make up Mount Rainier National Park. The fact that Mount Rainier had been the site of 69 confirmed Bigfoot sightings by 2014 increases your chances of discovering Sasquatch. Trails you should hike to find Sasquatch are the Skyline Trail and the Rampart Ridge Trail. When you aren't hunting for Bigfoot, you will have no problem finding many other things to do in Bellingham. Bellingham is the most northern city of its size in the lower 48 states, and its winters are usually lengthy and rainy. Be ready for a lot of wind and precipitation if you visit between the months of October and May. Plan your vacation around a major event to experience Bellingham at its most joyful. On the final Saturday in April, Bellingham hosts Brews Day, the biggest celebration of the year for beer enthusiasts. The Mount Baker Blues Festival, which takes place in late July, is another significant occasion in Bellingham. Bellingham is home to more than simply Western Washington University students, with Bellingham Bay on one side and Mount Baker on the other. There are many enjoyable things to see, do, and eat in the seaside city, according to both residents and frequent tourists. An interactive museum called the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention is situated in the city. The galleries and displays that show how electricity, radio, and other related inventions were developed and used will be enjoyed by visitors of all ages. One of the largest Tesla coils in the U.S. is on display at this kid-friendly museum, which also has a sizable collection of radio and telephone equipment. The former Interurban Railway has been reborn as a route connecting urban greenways in Bellingham's historic Fairhaven with Larrabee State Park. The trail is popular with walkers, runners, bicyclists, and even equestrians. You can enjoy views of the mountains and the San Juan Islands as you make your way along the trail. You can also visit the Pickford Film Center to see a movie. The Pickford Film Center is located in the heart of Bellingham's Art District. And is the only independent theater between vancouver canada and seattle washington mineport exhibits is conveniently located close to the spark museum fine art and handcrafted interactive exhibitions are combined at mineport to encourage thought while having fun the interactive exhibits are made to be handled by hand and touched this is yet another wonderful family friendly outing nico is a cat lover's dream come true Cats and humans can interact in the amazing and original Niko Cat Cafe. Niko is a place where cats and people may unwind, that was created as an inspiration by the Japanese cat cafe tradition. As you play and cuddle with cats from the Whatcom Humane Society, have a beverage and some munchies. In this cutting-edge lounge, Niko provides difficult-to-place cats with a chance to find their perfect forever home. All the typical chain hotels that are found in small cities are present in Bellingham. Here are a few regional favorites. A posh Bellingham Hotel on the water. Hotel Bellwether is situated on Bellingham Bay. One mile from Bellingham Shops and Eateries and five miles from the airport is an upscale waterfront hotel with views of the Bellingham Arena and Bay. Chrysalis Inn and Spa Bellingham, Curio Collection by Hilton, is in the Fairhaven District and is close to the beach. While visiting, spend some time exploring Fairhaven Park and Cornwall Beach. If you enjoy gaming, you should think about booking a stay at the Silver Reef. The Silver Reef Hotel Casino Spa offers a sauna, jacuzzi, indoor pool, and free Wi-Fi within a 15-minute drive of Bellingham International Airport. You can also check out what performers are passing through town while you're there as this casino is a popular venue for touring musical artists and comedians. If you fancy yourself as a beer expert, more than a dozen breweries, including Asian Brewing Company, Boundering Bay Brewery, and Twin Sisters Brewing Company, are located in the city and produce beer that has won awards. But if Bigfoot is the main reason you're visiting Bellingham, then Bigfoot Adventures offers to help you find the hide-and-seek champion of the world. You can join with the Bigfoot Adventures, the newest thrill-seeking company in Bellingham, Washington, a brand new adventure tour company with deep roots in Bellingham. The Bigfoot Adventures is giving locals and tourists a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see the world of the Northwest's most elusive natural inhabitants. Owners Ray Colleen and Joey Sternhagen started giving tours to visitors in Washington state's deep forested mountains in 2018. With more documented sightings than any place else on the globe, this region is without a doubt referred to as the Bigfoot capital of North America. The search for the creatures and the documentation of these encounters are open to historians and inquisitive individuals. The visitors to Bigfoot adventures are instructed in the basics of Bigfoot identification, tracking and communication, as well as how to set up game trail cameras and cast animal footprints for evidence preservation. Day, nighttime, and multi day experiences are available through the Bigfoot Adventures, which departs from convenient places across Washington state. One owner's first hand account of his face to face encounter with a Bigfoot is shared during these guided tours that include instruction in night vision and mountaintop bonfire. Patricia went inside and locked the door, thinking that her overactive imagination was causing her to scare herself. She probably needed to get some sleep anyway. Jude had finished up his shower, and by the time he got out of the bathroom, Patricia was in her pajamas. She told him about what she had seen and heard outside, and he laughed at her. It was probably just a raccoon, or maybe a bobcat, he told her. There should be nothing in these woods that could harm you, unless you believe in Bigfoot, that is. Patricia cringed at the thought of a large, hairy creature standing in the dark woods watching her. "'That's not funny,' she said back. "'You know how much those stories scared me when I was a kid. "'I used to imagine Bigfoot staring in the window at me when I tried to sleep at night. "'I even used to be afraid to go outside alone after dark. "'I would run as fast as I could to get inside, "'afraid that it was lurking in the dark just waiting to grab me. "'I'm sorry.' jude said gently i'm sure once we explore the area tomorrow you will feel more comfortable you will see there are no signs of bigfoot if those stories were true someone would have caught one already they have been going around for years and years patricia tried to brush the thoughts from her mind as she pulled back the cover and climbed into bed yeah you're right i just let my imagination run away with me sometimes Jude turned off the light and climbed into bed beside her. Patricia rolled over to wrap her arm around him, but she stopped when she saw a hairy face staring in at her through the window. She clenched her eyes shut and counted to ten, just like she did when she was a kid, and when she opened them again, the face was gone. She exhaled in relief, and without saying a word to Jude, she curled up against his side and went to sleep. It was dark and cold when she awoke, The room felt frigid she wondered if the fire had burned out in the fireplace but she was disoriented and for a moment couldn't remember where she was slowly it began to dawn on her that they were at the cabin in washington not at home she tried to shake the fog from her brain so that she could get up and address the reason for the cabin being so cold she sat up in bed and looked around the room she saw jude sleeping in the bed next to her She saw their luggage lined against the wall. Everything seemed normal, except for the painfully cold air. Patricia rolled out of the bed, trying not to stumble as she stood up. She went to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and doused her face with cold water until she seemed to think more clearly. Once she could focus, she left the bedroom and went to look for the thermostat. She walked out into the hall and the air seemed to get even colder. She followed the draft into the kitchen and found the back door standing wide open. Still too tired to understand that she should be alarmed, she shut the door and turned around. Standing in the middle of the kitchen was a small humanoid creature covered in fur. It was about the size of a four-year-old child. She stepped towards it, not thinking quite straight yet, and it began to scream, a god-awful sound like she had never heard before. Instinct kicked in, and Patricia darted to the back door and opened it, making a way for the small hairy creature to escape. It reacted immediately and made a dash for the door and escaped into the night. Patricia fell back onto one of the bar stools at the island in the middle of the kitchen, trying to comprehend what she had just seen. Was she dreaming, or had a furry human like animal just been inside the cabin foraging through the kitchen? It felt like a dream because she was tired but she knew it was real. She stared at the back door for a few moments before waking Jude to tell him what had happened. He was not happy to be woke at such an early hour, but when he saw the mess in the kitchen, he became concerned as well. What did this? Are you sure it wasn't a bear or a raccoon? He asked. Patricia shook her head. No, it was something like I've never seen before, she told him and then she asked. What do we do now? I don't know, Jude replied. I guess we report it to the owner of the cabin and see what he says. So when the sun came up, they called the man who owned the Airbnb and told him about the creature that Patricia had seen in the kitchen. He listened patiently and then told them that it was common for animals to break into houses if the doors were not shut or locked securely. Patricia felt silly after Jude and the landlord both made her doubt herself but she knew she hadn't imagined the creature in the kitchen. After cleaning up the mess that had been made, Jude suggested starting their first day with a hike to the lake. It was supposed to be just a short walk from the cabin. Patricia agreed, thinking maybe some fresh air and exercise would do her some good. So after a light breakfast of toasted eggs, they put on their hiking shoes and took off to explore the trails behind the cabin, using the handwritten map left by the landlord being outside was exhilarating with the birds chirping and the cool breeze blowing through the trees patricia felt a peace like she didn't feel when she was back home dealing with her job and her grown daughter the hike to the lake was short and well worth it when they broke through the tree line they found the crystal lake glimmering in the morning sun there was a small dock with a paddle boat tied to it and they both became as excited as two small children to get into the boat and paddle around the lake Jude held the boat steady while Patricia climbed in, and after she was sitting securely on her end of the boat, he followed. They hadn't made it far from the dock when something made a splash in the water next to the boat. It was a small splash, as if a rock had been thrown from the shore. Jude stopped paddling and scanned the shoreline. He thought he saw movement amongst the trees. Did you see that? he asked Patricia. I'm sure someone was there. Patricia, still nervous from the encounter in the cabin, shook her head. "'Let's just go back to the cabin. "'Something doesn't feel right. "'We can try again tomorrow. "'We have the whole week,' she pleaded. "'Either her anxiety was contagious, "'or Jude was sensing the same thing that she was. "'But he didn't argue. "'Instead, he paddled back to the dock and began tying the boat off. "'The next rock hit Jude in the arm.' It was small, but it stung. The next one landed in the water next to the boat and was followed by a dozen more raining down around them. Patricia began to scream, and Jude worked frantically to get her out of the boat. The rocks continued to rain down as they were launched from some unseen foe from the tree line. Once Patricia was safely out of the boat, they hurried back up the trail towards the cabin, but they didn't make it far before they thought they saw their attackers. In the forest, on both sides of the trail, they saw two large, hairy, human-like creatures. The largest one had grabbed a skinny tree and was shaking it, causing the leaves to fall to the ground. The other was closer to them and began to grunt and growl while stomping the ground. Jude grabbed Patricia's arm and pulled her, urging her to run, and she did. They both took off to the cabin in a dead run, not looking back. When they reached the cabin, Patricia ran in first and Jude followed locking the door securely behind them. What the hell was that? He asked. You saw it too, right? Patricia nodded, still trying to catch her breath. They were... there was... She was trying to talk, but the combination of fear and adrenaline kept her from making sense. Finally, when she caught her breath, she told him, Those things look exactly like what I saw in the kitchen this morning, but much bigger jude didn't struggle to believe her anymore he had seen them with his own eyes let's get our things and get out of here he ordered i don't want to be in this cabin when it gets dark and those things are out there patricia didn't hesitate for a second she began grabbing everything they had unpacked throwing her clothes and everything else into their suitcases not a word was spoken as they gathered their things and headed to the car They had barely shut the doors when rocks began to rain down all around them. Jude started the car and put it into drive, and they headed down the gravel lane back to the main road. Once they hit the highway, the attack stopped. The rocks quit hitting the car and silence ensued. Only the sound of the motor and the wheels on the pavement could be heard. Patricia relaxed her head on the seat as the stress left her body and said, No one is ever going to believe this. Thank you for joining us to explore Bellingham, Washington, the home of the most reported Bigfoot sightings in the world. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out EerieCast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, stay safe out there until I see you at our next destination.